getting away from the tech stack and just getting back to the basics and demand gen is what we need to do, creating great content, right? Distributing that content effectively through SEO, through social media and things like that to your target market. And we're trying to get tools to fix these problems instead of just getting back to the basics. A lot of people are spending a lot of money and they're not making money from it. Welcome to Top of Mind a show where we speak with top marketers, creators, and leaders who are shaping the culture around us. I'm Stuart Hillhouse, and I believe that through great marketing, you can earn the privilege of occupying a tiny sliver of your customer's already overflowing brain. Join me today as we learn what it takes to become top of mind. My guest today just might be putting out some of the most tactical and honest B2B marketing content on LinkedIn right now. He's helped generate millions of revenue for companies and helped companies launch new account-based marketing initiatives. He's the Senior Manager of Demand Generation at Armor Cloud Security, a growth marketing master, and a Scorpio. Joining me live, <laughs> joining me live today is Jay Barron. And it's a Friday, so we figured we'd have a little fun today, right? That's right. It's, it's not only Friday, it's a late Friday right now, so I'm ready to get through the weekend. Cool, man. Thanks a lot for joining me. And I don't know if you know this about yourself, but in some research I was doing for this interview, you have the exact same name as an artist. Do you know about this? No, I do not. Okay. So you've got the same name as an artist who handcrafts these tiny, tiny tools. So like I'm talking forks, knives, little woodworking bowls and stuff. And so he he crafts these like, and I'm talking like they're, they're smaller than the size of your nail. And he films himself doing it, and then he makes meals using those tools. Okay, I've seen those on Facebook and stuff, actually. Yeah, so so his name's Jay Barron. (laughs) Well, interesting tidbit. Actually, our last name used to have two R's, but I think when my great-great-grandpa migrated here, he changed it to one R, so... Well, it might make some SEO headaches for you in the future, but but spent way too much time watching him cook little tiny meatballs for (laughs) for his spaghetti, so we, we made it, though. You've put out some some interesting takes on a few things regarding marketing technology. I'll bring up one that I would like to chat to you about, and this is what it said. Like I'll read the two lines to you, and we can maybe chat a little bit about how, what was it going through your mind when you wrote that. They said, it's time marketing stops chasing tools to solve problems that only create more problems. We need to start measuring our tech stack against if it actually drives revenue. Where's your mind at when you're writing that? So in that specific case, it was actually just view through conversion. So they literally attribute viewing ads as attributing to revenue, right? And they take a large percentage of that. Uh, they were actually spending more on ads and actually they were generating in revenue. The only reason they were, or if you went through the tool, they gave them a lot more revenue than they actually were generating. So they're actually losing money leveraging the technology. Hmm. What would you recommend to someone if that was found in your audit? Get rid of the tool completely, honestly. I mean, I'm seeing this across the board with everything that we're touching right now. So everything I look at, even even at, at, at Armor, what we're doing, Drift is accounting for everything in revenue. So I'm working with them right now. Man, I shouldn't be saying this. They're probably going to all flock to me after this. So I'm working with Drift right now, right? To basically say, I, I need to know how much revenue you're actually attributing people coming through chatting inbounding in right the same thing with ad roll as well i guess i'm naming all the vendors off our our ad roll which is 
I want to know how much revenue you guys are driving just from people clicking your ads right now, not the view to conversions and actually looking at how much revenue is coming from each one of these tools that we're now adding to our tech stack. Because I mean, the ABM platforms, they're 50K, you're gonna spend 100K a year just in ABM tech stack, which is the big hot buzzword right now. Um, and I think a lot of people are not making money, at least in B2B. These are more enterprise type plays. As it's moved down the market, I think a lot of people are spending a lot of money and they're not making money from it, but the tools have come up with such a good way to attribute revenue that it's hard to tell. Mm. But I guess that that attribution is their they've they've gone hard on promoting that as their kind of selling point because if you don't have any tech stack it is very difficult to attribute stuff and then right so there's kind of a, a swing do you see a happy middle there i think a lot of it's just getting back to some common sense we're over utilizing tools right now and just getting back to the basics so i think even what demand gen supposed to be right which is you know, like, like display campaigns, there's all these display campaigns under the guise of creating brand awareness, but it's not really turning into revenue. So I think just getting away from the tech stack and just getting back to the basics and demand gen is what we need to do, creating great content, right? Distributing that content effectively through SEO, through social media and things like that to your target market. And we're trying to get tools to fix these problems instead of just getting back to the basics. Um, getting away from things like MQL and driving people to actually inbound in when I'm not really believing that we're actually influencing these, those deals just because they're seeing banner ads, right? Like this whole influence thing now has become the big thing where marketing's influence, marketing, marketing is showing air cover. So we're attributing marketing the revenue. And I don't think that's actually what's happening. Say you didn't have all these tools and you're able to just start completely fresh. And yep. it was simple, simple for you, but at the same time, it's super manual. So you yep. got to try free up your time somewhere. Where would you free up your time? I mean, so if I didn't have the tools, I think you just get back to common sense uh, marketing as a whole, like I said. So you go out, you fix the bottom of the funnel and you do paid search, right? That's going to be one of your tactics. You're going to go and distribute your content. And you're literally just going to sit there and watch. Are you driving more inbounds? Are you creating marketing pipelines? So are you driving pipeline and then are you creating revenue? That's what I'm going to focus on. Not these fuzzy, I think, high level marketing influence type type deals. Right. Yeah. And then so on the, on the paid search uh, side of that, is that going to be very intent heavy words. That was another thing that you've talked about in the last couple of weeks is, is getting rid of the kind of top of funnel brand awareness keywords yeah. uh, because they're, they can be expensive. Is that, is that what you mean by that? Well, what a lot of people need to realize is paid search isn't scalable. So typically there's usually so much search volume, right? Mm -hmm. um, and unless you're in an industry that's rapidly growing right now, like then it's scalable because search volume is increasing over time. But what happens is typically people max out the bottom. So they get all their intent keywords, they drove a bunch of inbounds and people are like, oh, we want more of those. So they start expanding and they do broader keywords, more top of funnel keywords, things like white paper downloads. And what happens is your budget skyrockets. You're generating leads, but what I've seen in those scenarios is those leads are not turning to revenue, right? So they'll download a white paper you're gonna send them an email. I've seen less than 10% will typically even open that email to view the white paper. So they're not even reading the white paper. And what's happening is budgets are skyrocketing in paid search, but it's not, like I said, it's, it's not turning into, into revenue right now. And I think we have a lot of people trying to play 
play with, I guess, a lot of the big dogs, right? So when you think about, you know, companies like IBM and things like that, they do that because they can afford to do that. I think a lot of mid-size B2B and even smaller B2B are trying to do that. And they're getting a ton of leads, you know, five, 10, $20 a lead. But none of those, at least from what I've seen, it's less than one to 2% that those actually turn into revenue. So you're just spending substantially more than you than you'd make. And there's just more cost-effective ways to build brand awareness on top of the funnel, right? Mm. So if you're, in a, if you're in a niche market that has a very limited number of search volume per month, and that's not growing, it's not going anywhere, lock that in for the keywords that you need to win because that's like your, the 10 keywords that are absolutely about your product. And then skip the kind of middle of the funnel right now and focus on, on uh, content for the top of the funnel. So where I'm finding the success right now is, yeah, fix the bottom, right? So those intent-driven keywords. So like if you're a SaaS, you'll have things like they're looking for a vendor or they're looking for a trial, like those type of keywords. And then I would not do any middle or top of the funnel within Google Ads. I would do that more through content dis- distribution. So I would target my ICP in Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, organic LinkedIn videos, which are substantially more cost-effective avenues to to build that f- the top of the funnel right and build brand awareness. That's, that, that's, that's how you build the top of the funnel. So I don't do it at all in paid search right now. It's literally just fix the bottom, get that airtight, and use other channels to, to build the top. Nice. And then as that builds and you started getting traction there, presumably you've, it's been more organic, it's less transactional, and so they, you'll see better, greater success moving to the middle of the funnel. What, what kind of content would you put there? In the middle of the funnel. So I have actually somewhat changed my mindset on this. I think we have overthought the funnel a little bit. Yeah. So because, you know, and I did this early on too, which is where, oh, we need this top of the funnel brand awareness content. Oh, and then we need these kind of like middle of funnel content, like buyer's guides and things like that. And then we need like case studies at the bottom. I think ultimately what really happens is there's no like straight line path. So we literally just need top of the funnel content, which is just building brand awareness. You're creating audience focused content around their pain points. You're helping them solve them, right? You bring them to your website, you let them consume the content and you literally just let let your website do its job after that. So instead of creating all these, these different pieces of content for these different funnels, just let your website educate the prospect, let it inform them on what you do. And then naturally when a need starts to arise, you're going to be in part of those hidden internal conversations that are happening instead of trying to build content that leads someone down some sort of, I think, imaginary funnel. I just don't think people buy like that as much as we think they do. Yes, you need like case studies and stuff, right? Like I'm not saying skip those, um, but there's not like some relevant, I think, funnel for, for most, maybe more like an enterprise play, but I don't see it in a lot of people selling, you know, 50K or below ARR, right? Or even maybe even 100K below ARR. Mm-hmm. At, at a price point like that, people are doing their research. Like they're doing, yep. doing their due diligence. They're going to snoop around your website. Like they're, they're hungry for information. So yep. let, I like what you said about letting your website do its job, which is to show people what you're all about. Yep. People understand websites now. It's like they can nav- navigate, they can sign up for things. They probably won't. <laughs> so your job at that point is to make sure your content's great. You're there when people are ready to click for a quote or a trial or whatever it is. Exactly. And, and then get on the line with them like a, like a human. 
That's right. Uh, yeah. And, that, and that's, you know, what I'm really thinking is, which is getting away from the lead mindset, educating your prospect, letting them consume as much as your content as possible. And literally you're just waiting for them to inbound in. That's ultimately what we, we want more than, oh, we got a white paper download. Now we're going to send them a bunch of emails and wait for them to reach some imaginary score. And then we're going to hand it over to sales and they're going to maybe reach out, maybe not. And, you know, nothing happens. It's literally just let them consume and wait for them to come to you. So moving subjects a little bit, you, so you don't really do any lead scoring or like what, I guess at that point, you're just bringing people into your world and letting them kind of self-select as a qualified lead? A hundred percent. So I, I wrote about lead scoring, I think on LinkedIn, um, and it started a very interesting discussion. I think a lot of people missed the essence of what I was saying because I literally, I mean, I phrased it as, you know, let's kill lead scoring, like just get rid of it. And really what I was really after is driving better behavior out of the marketing team more than saying kill lead scoring. Lead scoring is a symptom of a much greater problem. And that problem is we are scoring people on downloading white papers and then once they reach an imaginary number, we're sending it over to sales, like, like that person's in a buying cycle, right? And that's typically not, that's not what's happening right now. And that's why it's more of getting rid of lead scoring so that you can drive better behavior, which is what we said, educating your buyers, waiting for them to inbound in versus, I'll give you an example. I worked at a company where every Friday we had an over the finish line program where we would send an email to everybody 10 points or below the scoring threshold to boost numbers to get more people over for our, our quarterly quota, right? And that's kind of what marketers do. And I have yet to see at least any scoring model that effectively sends over buyers to sales. A lot of people will say, well, let sales dictate the scoring model. You're still at best sending over somebody that's maybe middle of the funnel. They're not in a buying cycle. To me, the only thing that indicates in interest is somebody that requests sales interaction. Exactly. And that, and at that point, they are ready and they've given permission for a phone call or an email with an ask to set up a phone call or something yep. like that, right? Yep. So it's not so much lead scoring was the problem more as it's driving the right behavior from your team to send over the right leads or buyers that are going to close at higher rates. Those leads that are scoring up are closing at one, 2% rates and your inbounds, you know, might be 30, 40, 50, 60%. So it's, how do I get more of those versus how do I get more people to score up? Right, right, right. And then, so, so there's almost like, you're barely even touching then the middle of the funnel, like the, your website is your just middle of funnel. It's not a funnel. It's just a, a like a ecosystem that you've built yeah. that allow people to, to figure it out for themselves. Yep. Yeah, I think a lot of times we use white papers as the middle of the funnel, right? That was the goal. Oh, they read our blog. Now they're going to consume, they're going to download something. Yeah, just remove the whole gated resource completely and let people consume your content. If it's good enough, you're not going to have problems. Like I never, I don't understand that people say, oh, this one piece of content, like once they download this, we know like yeah. they're likely to close. Well, then ungate it. I mean, how much more revenue are you going to drive if that's such a revenue driver for you? Um, right. that's the mindset. And w how would you track 
or would you track or would they just become kind of anonymous until they inbound to you? Like, how do you track the people's interaction or how much stuff they're looking at just so you can kind of get an idea of behavior? Yeah. So you really just optimize the channels then. So like if you're doing content distribution on social media, right, it's, you know, I'm looking at things like likes and likes and comments, right? Are we hitting the right people first off? Mm. And then really once they land to the website, are they consuming the content? So what's the time on page and things like that to really figure out if that's working. So if that's optimized, great. You know, paid search is definitely more bottom of the funnel. So you can look at that conversion rate and things like that to see if it's turning into revenue, but really optimizing each channel independently to, to maximize it. And then like we've discussed, which is after that, just let your content and your website do its job. As long as you're optimizing each channel over time, then you're tracking things like how many inbounds did we get? How much pipeline did we generate from those inbounds? What's the closed one from those inbounds? And over time, you should see those numbers start to increase versus looking at a lead metric that's increasing. Right. So marketing qualified lead doesn't really exist. It's more just like someone's in discovery mode or they're yep. ready to buy. And people, people will just be in discovery mode indefinitely or for a very short amount of time. Like everyone's a buy, different, different buying type. That's, yeah, that's right. And I think ultimately the transition we now need to get into is there's anonymous conversations happening that you're not part of because you're gating your content and things like that, or people don't know who you are and buying behaviors changing to be more anonymous. And that's what we're really trying to facilitate is you build brand awareness within your target market. And it's just a wait and see approach. Like it's literally like, I know I'm creating content. I know they're consuming it. Now I just need to wait for them to eventually have a need and inbound in versus trying to generate a lead that doesn't close. Yeah. I know for me specifically, like I almost go to extents to high, like not give them email. Yep. Right. It's like, I'll click on something. Even if I'm interested, I'm like, Oh, I don't even. Yep. And then, and then I go and then put up gated content. And it's like yep. kind of a weird thing where like, I guess we've seen behind the curtains. And that's the thing too. Like I, I have a spam email address. I use that for all white papers. I was helping one, one business with their paid search and they got a lot of like kind of spam. They were like Gmails, right? And they're like, we don't want this garbage. And I said, well, people are going to circumvent it. So we made it so it was business only, only emails. And lo and behold, I think the first person that came in just altered their email. It was fake, but it was still, it was still a business email. And ultimately what I think happened is it was a free trial offer. And I think they're saying, do I get a free trial without talking to sales or do I have to talk to sales? Right. So that's what they were, I think, trying to figure out to address that. I liked what you said too, about measuring your, your organic social media content by comments, right? That's mm -hmm. something that, cause then you're starting a conversation, people are adding to the conversation, generating more value, especially if it's educational and someone says, Hey, I've got a question about this. And you reply further showing your knowledge in the subject matter or yeah. recommending or whatever, or that person's just actually trying to solve their own problem. What would you suggest if the audience you have is, is just not engaged or you're, you realize that you're reaching the wrong people through those free channels? Yeah. So almost everything we're doing, or at least I'm doing is, is, is paid. So I don't do, and we do organic social, right? But it's really about pushing that content to your audience. Okay. We are talking about paid social here. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a huge mistake I think a lot of businesses make is they count on their own channels to carry them. 
unless you have a really big brand that just doesn't really work that way. Right. Like mm. you push it out and no one's reading it. And that's typically what happens. Like you, you literally have to probably pay for distribution right now. Um, and Facebook's so cheap that I don't know why, why you wouldn't do that. Right. Yeah. And same with LinkedIn. The distribution on LinkedIn business is not at all. No, on a personal yeah. account, your, your posts get seen by a lot of people, but then on your business account, all of a sudden, like they get seen by no one. It's kind of weird how that works. So you kind of do have to promote. Maybe that's why that's their model. They're, they get businesses to pay yeah. for distribution so that it's free for us. Right. That's, that's my theory on why uh, text, text updates are uh, perform so well right now from that, from a reach standpoint, because then people pay ads to show their graphic and the, and the ads actually stand out more because it's mm. has a graphic compared to, you know, a text post, right? We'll see what happens there. Yeah. It's definitely going to evolve, but I've put up videos and they get next to no views and then a text <laughs> post gets a hundred X. Yep. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's, I think the algorithm is probably going to change here pretty quickly, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. What are some channels or things that you're paying attention to that you're thinking are going to change or excited that the way, the direction they are going? Right now, my, my biggest thing is actually content distribution. I think the other big things are like podcasts right now. I think there's a huge opportunity for people to get in, you know, especially like sponsor podcasts and things like that. It's such an underutilized channel. So I think that's going to be a big one. I also think webinars are due for a transformation right now with a lot of businesses um, a lot of them are using webinars as a big 45-minute presentation with a 15-minute Q&A at the end. But that's really not what the channel's about because you want people to attend live. That means there's literally no incentive to attend live. And I think you're going to see a big transformation around you know, short, like 30-minute type webinars. But there'll be more just ongoing QA sessions or roundtables with discussions that people can ask questions throughout. So those are kind of some of the big channels. And I think video right now is going to be the other big channel, YouTube pre-roll and things like that present a tremendous opportunity that's still affordable to kind of really build, build brand awareness and build that top of the funnel. Mm, yeah. So those are kind of two opposites where webinar would be someone knows you, they get your emails promoting your webinar they can sign up, they show up. Yep. And then the YouTube pre-roll is like never heard of it before. And then all of a sudden there you get, yeah, from top of top of funnel awareness. Exactly. Yep. Yep. You can go out and you can build brand awareness and get, you know, you can get it's it's cheap right now yet. And it's I mean it's part of my mix right now, hitting, hitting, hitting YouTube pre-roll for for brand awareness, right? Mm. I really liked what you said about using webinar or using existing kind of distribution channels differently though, right? Like, so rather than it being a infomercial pretty well, which is what an hour long webinar can be and turning it into, look, we're going live. Something I've seen a couple of people, these are more personal brands, but I think a lot of businesses could do it too, is look, we're going live. uh, Ask me anything style. We're giving priority to people who show up live and text it in the chat bot or ch- the chat function but we also yeah. have a list here of faqs that we'll just cover as well because then that can be repurposed into to thousands of things as we know but i think that's a really cool yep. way to incentivize people showing up and you don't send it out afterwards as like recording yeah. of the webinar you just internally repurpose it and during that webinar you can also create like offers and incentivize people for being there and kind of make it a secret that like thanks for coming yeah and there's also a lot of legs with that too i 
I think you can get a lot of good one to two minute clips that you can then, you know, do on organic LinkedIn or promote through paid channels, like good videos and stuff that you can just get, get from those type of recordings versus a, a webinar, right? Just the yeah. old school, what we think they are. Yeah. Great way too to get visibility on your leadership as well. If they never are kind of in front of the customer, having yep. them answer questions and, and super good use of their time. They're, it, it's their script, right? Like they, yeah. they answer questions on behalf of the company. They are the company. So they'll answer it right. It's not like a sales rep kind of being like, oh, I think this is how we talk about that problem or something like that. Yeah. Good learning experience too. Like to internally show that to all the salespeople being like, these are the questions people asking and this is how yeah. the CEO or whoever answered it. Yeah. One thing I'd love to try it's on my radar is doing like a customer focused one. So literally more like a, 30 minutes, we're gonna have a customer on, you can ask them anything, right? Like, Ooh. could be a good way. And I think the webinars people like it because they can remain like anonymous, right? You don't have to talk to a salesperson, you can literally just ask the customer any question. That's it. That's super interesting because as the marketer organizing this event, things to take away from that is you just listen. And yeah. those are all the, the, rebuttals that you're gonna to have to overcome in your copy right. and like you just just transcribe that and that becomes every single thing that you you're trying to fight against yep definitely that's super smart i like that a lot so pretty much what we're saying here is steer away from vanity metrics or be very focused on understanding why you're measuring something and and think backwards why is this technology that's spitting out this number why are they spitting out this number in the first place? Because it's to prove their worth that you pay, you're paying that monthly fee for. Yeah, I, you know, and I think ultimately what I'm saying when I think about like the tech stack and stuff is it's literally more of we've, we've gotten all these tools instead of just getting back to the basics of building a brand, right? Just build brand awareness, let them consume your content and wait for people to come to you. I mean, I think that's what marketing is really all about. I mean, I think we've kind of gotten away from that. We've invented all these things we don't need. We've invented the MQL. We've invented lead scoring to try to generate more leads when I think it's going to, I think ultimately what's going to happen is competitiveness is ramping up so much right now um, across the board. Features can be duplicated and copied so easy. The customer experience is going to be the last thing left. And that's going to come down to building an effective brand uh, more than anything. And, and that's what's going to matter the most more than this tech stack and stuff is let's just get back to what marketing is, getting back to the basics. And ultimately, that's really the essence of really just what I'm trying to say with all of it. And then if we're driving inbounds and what we're doing is growing pipeline and growing revenue, like I don't need a tool to tell me that. Like I can see it, you know, within Salesforce and ultimately the revenue. Awesome. Really well said. I think that's a, that's a great spot to wrap up. I think we covered, covered a lot of stuff there in a short amount of time, but that's, cool. uh, that was really helpful. So thanks a lot, Jay. Can people reach out to you on LinkedIn? Is that a good spot to find you? That's a great spot. All right. That's Jay Barron with 1R. Glad for joining <laughs> me, Jay. Thank you. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, then you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to topofmind.substack.com and put in your email, you can get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes content inspired by this show. So there's going to be candid audio recordings that aren't going to be available 
anywhere else, not on Spotify, not on Apple, nowhere else except on topofmind.substack.com. But that's not it. It's also a platform where I can share written content, videos, links, and anything else that I come across directly with you. You're going to get access to it right away. You're going to get access to the whole library of archived posts. And you're also going to be the first to be notified when a new episode of Top of Mind comes out. So head on over to topofmind.substack.com. See you there. If you enjoyed anything that you just heard, you're going to absolutely love what I'm about to tell you. If you go online to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button, you'll be added to an email list where I share exclusive content related to this show. This is where I'm going to share my key takeaways from each episode, including my highlights, top of mind takeaways, and next steps that you can do to put this advice to action. I also share some real life breakdowns of marketing campaigns that I'm seeing around and how I'm using it in my work. So head on over to stuarthillhouse.com and hit the subscribe button to get your first email. Looking forward to seeing you there.